Hey, it's Sean. Hey, it's Bree. And this is I Can Explain. The podcast where we answer the questions that you are too afraid to ask. And this week's topic is internalized homophobia. Real nice, cute, light one. (laughs) (laughs) I literally got in this closet today and was like, but can we make it funny? Please. No, Brie, we're going to talk about our demons and it's going to be sad. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever you're listening, please make sure that you're following or subscribed. It really, really helps us out. Also, another thing that really helps us grow and we really appreciate is when you leave a review, five stars only. And you can follow us on social media at I Can Explain Podcast on Instagram and personally at Sean.Lusk and at Brianne Williamson. And with that... I want to talk about how last episode we were discussing what a name for our okay, listeners Okay, I was just, be. I literally <gasps> pulled it up as well. There okay. were some, there were some hits. I think we, I personally think we've nailed one. <laughs> okay. Um, and there were some definite misses, like some bitch, um, <laughs> her name's uh, Brianne Williamson, wrote Brianne's fans, which, um... <laughs> Everybody knows that they're just here for me. (laughs) Okay, I am so curious if we liked the same one. Because there was one. Yes. Yeah, of course. Wait, 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 wait. By BBs, you mean busy bodies, right? No. BBs? But I I was like, BB. Bussy bodies? (laughs) (laughs) No, BB was, it says BBs, and then in (laughs) brackets, butthole brigade. (laughs) For Sean always freely talking about his butthole and brigade. (laughs) Iconic. So you think, like, perfect. I was like, we are the BBs. (laughs) Okay, I really liked busy bodies because it makes complete sense with the name of our podcast. I can explain. So it's all the people that are constantly asking questions and are curious and want to know more. They're the busy bodies. Right, right. I like, here here are some highlights as well. Okay. Really gay. (laughs) (laughs) Broke bitches. (laughs) Gay trash. Yes, okay. <laughs> Splainers, that was good oh, too. that's cute. Lil Luskers, which <laughs> I liked too, and I, shockingly, didn't put that in. And thankfully, some people agreed with me and they came in hard with the meanies, because I still <laughs> think the meanies is the way to go. But my personal, genuine opinion is that Gabers makes the most sense. Gabers, like the neighbors. We're, we're all Gabers in the neighborhood. Okay, so I like that. I like Gabers. I like busybodies. I like what was the other one? Brianne's fans. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll put. How about we put a poll yes. of the top ones, and okay. we can settle this once and for Perfect. all. Perfect. So what we're gonna do over on I can explain podcast on Instagram. We are going to do a poll in our story the day that you are hearing this podcast when it goes up on Monday, and we're gonna put a few of our top faves and whatever the vote wins it is so come through for either butthole brigade or meanies (laughs) Brianne's fans taking it to number one (laughs) yikes I mean that would be your first number one in anything maybe so (laughs) certainly not sports (laughs) okay so internalized homophobia you have it tell me about it oh man yeah, a lot of people. This is a this is an interesting topic because 
I find it to be a conversation piece with queer people that when you bring it up, a lot of people have never thought about the term itself right. and are like, wow, that really explains a lot about the way that I've been feeling, but I never knew what to call it. Wait, there are gay people that haven't heard of internalized oh, homophobia. Oh, so many. You have to think a lot of people, like I probably heard of internalized homophobia like three years ago. So when I was like 47. <laughs> <laughs> Before you're 50. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> but like a lot of younger people, like, I think you genuinely, okay, for those listening, internalized homophobia is due to the society that you've been brought up in, a certain amount of shame or homophobia, if you will, towards yourself yeah. and your own sexuality, and obviously varying degrees. Um, but you think about it, when you're younger, you genuinely sometimes believe some of that shame. So it's hard to differentiate it as internalized homophobia because you just think what you're doing might actually be wrong. Right. You like gaslight yourself yeah. about being gay. Exactly. It's so, like it's like you have a little little like red state in your heart, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's just clawing its way yeah. onto Twitter. It's like you have uh, a small group of Westboro Baptist church members <laughs> just sitting, like, the devil and the angel on your shoulders. Yes. One's an angel, one is <laughs> Westboro Baptist church. <laughs> one's me, one's Sean. Exactly. Yeah. Similar vibes for both. <laughs> but yeah, so... Obviously, for different people, there's varying de degrees of it, and I think a large part of that has to do with um, how you were raised, um, what background you come from, your culture, uh, the society you were born into, um, who your peers are, and basically, I personally think the level of homophobia that you have experienced externally in your life kind of seeping its way into your own beliefs. Totally. And... As we know, sexuality is not a choice. So even if you grow up believing um, a lot of this homophobic viewpoint, viewpoints, these homophobic viewpoints, geez, grammar's hard. We're recording in the morning for once. It's a lot for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, then you can't help it. You might you might be gay. <laughs> You, you might be gay. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're gay, no matter how much you try and believe these beliefs, you're still gay. <laughs> and if you're gay, you should hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Says those beliefs. Says, yeah. <laughs> so an example of this for me, a recent example that I can think of is um, Julia and I were walking in Michael's. This was like eight months ago prior to Miss Rona. And... We were walking in Michael's, which, if you don't know what Michael's is, it's a craft store, and I would argue it's probably a very traditional, conservative, like, mom-life place. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's pivot to Michael's for a okay. second. <laughs> <laughs> As we do. Michael's part I two. I would say, I feel like Michael's has conservative values. Yes. However... I okay. would say Michael's is one of the few places yeah. that lesbians and gays run into each other. That's true. I will say I am specifically also thinking of the one that is in North Van <laughs> yes. because it is right beside a Canadian tire. So that's where the overflow <laughs> lesbians are going. When they can't find something in Canadian tire, yeah. they head on over. And then there are the gays. The gays. Hot gluing everything. <laughs> Searching down their glitter. Hot gluing their drag look. <laughs> But I do think that that is a common... They have a frames section. True. Lesbians love frames. Love a good frame. Yeah. 
Love frame wall. Love, love a frame, frame wall. wall. And putting wow. it up theirself. Yes. <laughs> with the stuff they got at Canadian Tire. So Julie and I went to Michael's because she was getting her jersey framed. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Are you? I'm serious. Lesbians love a frame. <laughs> they love a frame. And framing sports items. Exactly. Incredible. <laughs> Oh, and then there was me having a photo shoot in like the fake flowers. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you called that and you had no idea what no we were No idea. There. Wow. <laughs> I am a stereotype. <laughs> okay, so Julia and I went to get her fucking jersey framed at Michael's, dodging the gays in the flower aisle yeah, on the way. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, a lot of you that know Michael's <laughs> jokes aside, um, I would argue that, like, when you're in there, you kind of get conservative vibes. It yeah. feels very, like, church moms and, like, Girl Scout leaders and, like, and that I feel kind like of vibe. Arts and crafts are inherently, like, like scrapbooking people are inherently homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, uh, funny enough, Julie and I were looking at the scrapbooking aisle because I love looking at all those little things that they put in the scrapbooks. Of course. Also, like, how much money do these ladies spend on their scrapbooks? Well, they're not spending it at the gay clubs, so they got lots. <laughs> they got a lot of extra income. Because one little, like, tiny wedding dress that they put in there costs, like, $12. Exactly. If I see somebody scrapbooking, I'm like, you do not care about my life. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, no. If you're going to stick one of those stickers that's, like, Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> wedding, and then, like, Kaylee, E-I-G-H, and no, you hate me. <laughs> This is a hate crime. This is a hate crime. <laughs> it's scrapbook. No, I love looking at those little things, but they're always very like gendered and totally. like there's no there's no gay scrapbook section. No, no. Um, that I know of. Michaels, you know, throw us a line if you have some gay scrapbooking items. We I want to see them. We'll accept a sponsorship. <laughs> uh, we'll take what we can get. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So we are in Michaels and we're walking down this one aisle. And there's this, we're holding hands as we're walking down the aisle, which in the first place, gross. Like, what are we doing? Super like, gross. gross. Yeah. Super, super You gross. brought this on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, we're holding hands walking down the aisle and there's this like elderly lady at the end of the aisle when we turn to the next aisle and I immediately let go of Julia's hand. Mm. And that's an example of internalized homophobia in the sense that immediately I saw an elderly woman... I assumed that she would think what I was doing was wrong. And and this all happens in a split second. Like, it's hard to explain, right? Yeah. Like, to those listening that don't identify as LGBTQ+, it might be hard for you to understand, like, why that would be, like, the immediate re- reaction. It's like, oh, you're just holding hands. It's not like you're, like, making out in the aisle of Michael's. Like, but there is, you're taught for so long that something about what you're doing is embarrassing or shameful and that you have to hide it. Yeah. That in those moments, it's really easy to revert back into that space, which is like internalized homophobia jumping out. So that stuff still happens to me sometimes. And I have to like catch myself on it and be like, why'd you do that? Like, you, there's nothing to be embarrassed of. Like my, my example that I always go to, to try and talk myself down of 
if something's inappropriate or if it's just internalized homophobia is I always compare it to my sister and her husband. Right. And I, that's an easy, like, comparable to get myself out of my own head about it. Um, and, like, that inner saboteur, like, tell it to shut up, is I think, like, if Brooke and Jay were walking down an aisle at Michael's and holding hands... This and old lady would be like, oh, my God, what a like, beautiful yeah. straight couple. <laughs> she was like, look at these hideous <laughs> lesbians. <laughs> but exactly. Yeah. No. So I'm like, that's my easy line because... I think you're taught for so long that what you're doing is, like, over-sexualized or, like, embarrassing or inappropriate. Yeah. And that's my line. I'm, like, in the same way that if Brooke and Jay were, like, making out hardcore in one of the aisles of Michael's, it's like, oh, you just stop doing that because it's inappropriate. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, so that is my... That's for the scrapbooking aisle. <laughs> exactly. Take that to the Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. section, okay? <laughs> but, yeah, so that's... Uh, there's... Internalized homophobia, I believe, unfortunately, will always kind of be a thing for me to a certain extent. Yeah, I feel like it is the killer mm -hmm. in a, a horror movie oh. that just keeps coming yeah. back. Sequels, prequels, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. going to space, <laughs> underwater, you know? <laughs> Twins, like it just keeps coming back. <laughs> They're just stretching. They're just the really stretching it. And mine, honestly, like I have like two reactions that I feel mm -hmm. are common for my own internalized homophobia. Mm -hmm. One of them is I always feel because I am not um, subtle looking right. in terms of my gayness mm -hmm. most days. Flaming. Fla uh, that is one of the words yeah. you could use. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of my like weird reactions is to be really nice to strangers yeah. at the store, at restaurants, mm -hmm. something like that, because I have this weird voice in my head that's like, if they like you as a person and they yeah. still hate you for being gay, mm -hmm. at least they, like, have a good interaction yeah. with you, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. So, like, at the store, if I'm just getting groceries, I'm, like, way nicer than I have to be to people, like, waiting mm -hmm. in line because I don't want to cause any sort of ruffle because I'm like, then they will also hate me for being gay. <laughs> it will come to the surface. It'll come. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one is always growing up, and especially mm -hmm. I have a weird direct connection to things I always wanted to drink. I know this is weirdly specific, but it has okay. a point. Yeah. But I remember when I first was kind of coming to terms with my sexuality, I refused to drink like anything quote-unquote gay oh, when like I was... cosmopolitan. I, yeah, uh, like martini, which yeah. also, I fucking... Like, how is that a gay drink? It's straight alcohol it's and olive juice. Oh, that <laughs> shit puts hair on your back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, try this straight Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but those stupid little... They're like microaggressions to yes. your own <laughs> sexuality. Yeah, totally. Um, I would always be like, oh, you should have a beer or you should have, you know, right. fucking like a scotch on the rocks or something, yeah. which I don't want that shit. No. I want something fruity and yes. light and under a hundred calories. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like I want a vodka soda yeah. or a glass of rosé. Absolutely. But it's just those weird little things mm-hmm. that I don't think a lot of straight people ever totally. would think about. Yeah. You feel like you... Mind you, I guess that goes back to masculinity, so maybe some straight guys do think of that, because maybe they also want a fruity drink, but they think, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I guess there are layers. It's a whole thing. Yeah. For me, my, like, microaggression towards myself, if you will, is feeling like if I'm not wearing a dress, I'm not dressed up enough. Right. I don't wear a dress. No. Nope. Like, because I feel uncomfortable. But the entire time, if I'm at an event like a wedding or... Even just like a, a networking event or anything like that, because a predominant amount of the women are usually in like dresses or skirts, I feel like I it t- it's telling myself that I'm being a slob. Right. Like I have that thing in my mind that I could literally be wearing like dress pants, blazer, like dress shirt, the whole nine yards, dress shoes, and I'm still in my head like you look like you didn't like you you look embarrassing. Like, you're not dressed up enough. Well, that's usually true, but unrelated. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to bring this back to being gay. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I, that's one of my things, is feeling weird about that and, like, my style in general. Because there's a very big difference between, like, I still kick myself for not dressing in a way that I think like makes me like blend in more. Yeah. Um because I'm still like I feel like it screams like I'm a lesbian and even though sometimes I'm sure it does not, people are people probably don't even notice. They're like, "Oh, that girl's wearing a blazer and dress You're pants. you're in a full tux at a brunch and you're like, <laughs> "You fucking slob. You <laughs> disgusting piece of shit. <laughs> oh my god. And then the other one is I still, I still, okay. I want to speak to the fact that, like a lot of things that we talk about on this podcast, it does get better, and that's such a cheesy line, but it does. Yeah, and like, totally. I, if I look back at where I was even like five years ago, three years ago, um, or especially like before I was out or right when I was coming out, the differing levels of internalized homophobia is like very apparent. Like, I have unlearned a lot of the things that used to make me feel, like, honestly homophobic towards my own sexuality. Yeah. Like, just the sheer fact that I used to, like, wish I was straight and, like, think that even if I was gay, I would live a, like, heterosexual lifestyle because I was so, like, my life's going to be awful if I'm gay and, like, blah, 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 blah says to me that the fact that none of those things are true anymore, I have a very different viewpoint on what it means to be homosexual and live that life. Yeah. Um, and live out and proud, right? So it has gotten a lot better. And there's certain things that used to be, like, terrifying to me. Like, for example, if I... When I first came out, like, with past girlfriends, if I was checking into a hotel with them or whatever, like, one of us would go up to the desk... And it would be, like, just an unspoken thing. Like, we just both wouldn't go up. Like, one person sit with the suitcases, the other, or wait in the car to get the, like, parking pass or whatever the hell. The other person walk up to the check-in desk. So you can be 
like it could be could, could be, be a guy coming who with knows me. who knows i could be alone <laughs> who knows and isn't it a weird thing about like internalized homophobia with queer people that a lot of these things are unspoken like we both i'm thinking back to one specific girlfriend that i traveled quite a bit with we both knew what we were doing oh totally but we never actually had that conversation like it was never like you go in without me so that they don't know that we're obviously gay i think that just speaks to how common it is yeah exactly because it was just like a known thing it was like let's just not go through this right now like this is like you know whatever but when have you met somebody that has just been completely safe from the societal pressures that's the (laughs) thing right because it doesn't exist often unfortunately even if it's a positive response and they say something awkward like oh we love having gay people stay here i've had that happen i've literally had that happen like i've i've stayed like somewhere like eight months away from their pride <laughs> and they told me they're like did you know that pride is uh, in blah you know one classic. of those and it's like that's nice that's that's nice I'm not but saying I this person's mean I won't be back mean. in eight months <laughs> but it's also just like now we're doing this now yeah. we're talking about my sexuality now it's like a whole thing like just give me my room key yeah tell me where the ice machine is I'm <laughs> out <laughs> So I don't have to wander aimlessly with this stupid fucking bucket. Like, For the next eight months yeah. until Pride starts. Um, yeah, it's, it's so true that it does get better. I remember when I was growing up thinking the worst thing. Mm-hmm. Worst thing. Natural disasters, fuck that. <laughs> like, all this shit, fuck that. The worst thing was people finding out that I was gay. Yes. The worst thing in the world. Yeah. Dead ass. Worst yeah. thing in the world. Oh, that makes me want to cry. Because <laughs> it's, like, too relatable. Like, yeah. It's so and sad to I think I remember, about. like, I remember having nights that I would just, like, cry. Yeah. And be like, I... You know when you're having those initial feelings mm-hmm. of gayness? Yeah. <laughs> those classic ones? Oh, yeah. I remember... Pr- not even praying, because, like, I don't... I'm not religious. Mm. But I remember wanting so badly for this not to be the outcome. Like, I was like, maybe this is a weird feeling that's just going to pass. Maybe this is a phase. So I remember the worst thing in the world was somebody finding out that I was gay. And Mm. now, I still hate myself. (laughs) But it's not for being gay. (laughs) We've come up with new fun reasons. (laughs) It's so true. I remember specifically this one time where I was at one of my first jobs and, um one of my friends texted me and said, hey, um, I I don't want to, like, stress you out, but I just heard a rumor that you went on a date with this girl. And I was very much in the closet. You and said, delete this number. And I, <laughs> delete this number immediately. <laughs> I remember just all of a sudden feeling, like, so fucking nauseous and so embarrassed, so humiliated... And I ran to the back room of my work and just sobbed. Like, one of those hysterical sobs where you can't even catch my breath. Like, full panic attack sobbing. And just thinking. And I remember my frustration not being that people were spreading, like, this information around or whatever. I was genuinely embarrassed of myself. Oh, totally. Like, it wasn't even like, oh, this is frustrating. Like, now I would think something along the lines of, or once I was more comfortable, like, oh, it's frustrating that people are talking about me behind my back or, like, that's rude of them to, like, out me or, like, spread this information around to, like, why are they doing this when they wouldn't do this about, like, a heterosexual couple? But at the time, I was, like, 
I hate myself. Why did I put myself in this position? Like, this is embarrassing. Like, I'm the worst. Yeah. And, like, that's what it was, like, the feeling was. And now, like, it couldn't be more opposite than that. But it's just so crazy to think back to those moments. Now, Julia and I make a point of when we arrive to a hotel, we both put our nipple tassels on. And, and just kick the shit out of the reception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Waving the pride flag and playing Rain On Me by Lady Gaga. We actually practiced the whole dance. Hey Gabers, today's episode is sponsored by Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert in language learning for 30 years for a reason. They are so good at helping you learn a language naturally in a way that allows for long-term retention and it actually works. Trust me, this is coming from someone who attempted to learn a language in high school through the whole textbook old school method. Did not work. Rosetta Stone is different than that, okay? They really focus on allowing you to really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. I also love a feature that they have built in that's called True Accent. It's a speech recognition feature, and it's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's super convenient. You can do the lessons on your desktop or in app and it's an amazing value the lifetime membership has all 25 languages so you don't have to stop at one don't put off learning that language there's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time i can explain podcast listeners can get rosetta stone's lifetime membership for 50 percent off visit rosettastone.com today that's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Hey Gabers, this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. If you're a longtime Gaber, you know that I am far from a consistent reader, but Book of the Month just might change that. Book of the Month makes the process that I find daunting, finding a new book, fun and special, with new releases at the beginning of every month. I often find deciding on a title overwhelming, but Book of the Month's team curates a list full of exciting options, often from new and upcoming authors. This month, I chose The Return of Ellie Black by Amiko Jean, which I'm really excited to dig into. I love a mystery thriller, and I love a twist. I was debating between this title and Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch. And honestly, it was the first time in years that I was having a battle of the books. So this month, get your first book for $5 with the code PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, at bookofthemonth.com. That's PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, at bookofthemonth.com. When we enter the lobby, we just start the performance. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time that I kissed a guy. Yeah. I had the, you know those things that, I was thinking about this yesterday in an unrelated way. Mm-hmm. You know those moments in your life mm-hmm. that you feel like you'll never get over in yeah. a bad way? Yes. Like something embarrassing happens mm-hmm. to you or you do something or something happens in your life and you think that this is all you'll think about for, for the rest of time. Yes. You will never get past this. Nobody ever will see past this. I remember the first time I kissed a guy, Uh I had such conflicting emotions because it felt so right. Yeah. But then I knew deep down that this meant I was gay. It like confirmed it. I was like, yay, this is amazing. That felt right. And then I was like, fuck. (laughs) 
dicks. <laughs> dicks. Dicks. Literally. I was like, fuck dicks. I'm going to be fucking dicks. <laughs> But yeah, it's such a weird feeling, and that obviously is internalized homophobia. But I also attach a lot of mine to, like I said before, not being masculine. Mm -hmm. Because I remember seeing how my dad was as a, like, my fingers haven't been very cracky recently. I know, it's unfortunate. I know. I think it's because I've just been, like... Loosening them up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta go. (laughs) Um, I remember seeing how my father was as a man. Okay, yeah. And using that as first the basis of masculinity, mm-hmm. sexuality, and also the basis of what our relationship would be like. Right. So I thought that if I didn't play football, didn't like cars, didn't like women, LOL, yeah. <laughs> I um would be an embarrassment. Yeah. I wouldn't be somebody that he would want as a son. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't be a man in a mm. weird way. And now we have such a strong relationship and I like am very privileged in that because I know a lot of gay men don't. Mm. Um and it's not true. Like yeah. he loves me for the person I am, as exhausting as that <laughs> is. Um, but it's and that a, takes a lot. It takes a, it takes a village. Honestly, <laughs> he's probably in therapy. Bless his soul. <laughs> but it's so weird. Like societal pressure is one thing, mm-hmm. but like societal pressure within your own fucking household oh, is a, a whole different thing because you see your parents and their friends and the relationships mm-hmm. that they have with their kids and you're like, fuck, if I am not this person, no one will relate to me, no one will like me. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's well, a... I think that's important to note because as much as internalized homophobia sucks, it's also like you have to give yourself a break because in a way you've been brainwashed to feel this way your whole life, right? Exactly. To varying extents, as I spoke about earlier, depending on your community and your family and your cultural and beliefs and background, all these things. Like, who can blame any queer person for struggling with this when you finally share who you are with someone and they're angry about it or they're embarrassed by it um, or they shut you out of their life. Like there's all these things that kind of, unfortunately when you're trying to show your true self say back to you by these people's words and actions, especially in a time that you're probably uncomfortable with yourself as is because you're not confident in your sexuality and your identity these people's actions say back to you yes you're right to feel like who you are is embarrassing yeah and that digs deep like you remember those moments like those stick with you so when that happens then it uh, it sets you back so much in that like growth and i think that's like why a lot of people have varying like kind of steps to coming out like we've had some listeners write in before um also known as Brianne's fans um (laughs) interesting (laughs) saying that saying that hey I came out like two years ago or at least I think I did and my parents had a really bad reaction so then I just like pretended it never happened and like stopped and like now I don't know whether I need to re-say it or like what do I do and that's actually like very common because um 
you finally get up all this nerve and push down the internalized homophobia enough to like share yourself with somebody. And if the reaction's bad, that internalized homophobia like jumps back up. It's like, cover back up. I told you up. so. Yeah, yeah, I told you so. Yeah. Right? So those moments are really, really tough. But yeah, I think, what are some tools for you that like help with internalized homophobia with oh, anyone who might be struggling <laughs> with it? Um, I genuinely don't know if there are any specific Things tools that, yeah. that, like, experience is the biggest thing for yeah. me. Like, seeing, I think seeing members of the community, like, yeah. I, I think a, the greatest chunk of my internalized homophobia was probably before I had friends that were out or before I was right. allowed to go out fucking COVID, screw you. But <laughs> yeah. before I was at gay bars, before mm-hmm. I was, you know, at Pride, yes. I wasn't seeing that people can be out and proud and happy and live an authentic, enjoyable, mm-hmm. successful life yeah. because so much of it is what you're telling yourself. Obviously, that is internalized. Yeah. So to see members of the community living in in the opposite in spite of what you're telling yeah. yourself, to see all these people happy and successful, yeah. that was huge for me. Yeah. Um, it's also hard because the media doesn't, doesn't help sometimes as well. All the gay characters are like killed off and stuff. So you're like, well, if I come out, I'm going to die too. So true. Um, so yeah, that was honestly probably the, the most helpful thing Mm -hmm. to me. And then I also am a huge proponent. So are you of therapy? Yeah. (laughs) Um, it was very interesting to talk to a therapist Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, hear that I was insane for thinking these things. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, it, it's true. If you don't have somebody telling you that, like, you're a little nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, what about you? I think, first to what you said, like, so true that it's so important to have safe spaces. Yeah. Because there's another reason that a lot of people that are not LGBTQ+, plus do not understand why it's so important to have gay bars, to have queer spaces, to have prides. Um, And obviously we could go on a whole list and tangent about why those things are so important. But a big one is you finally have a space where you can freely kind of test out being yourself without worrying about external judgments because it is a safe space and everyone there can relate to you in some way or is, you know, LGBTQ plus. Um, And that is a rare space to find and kind of test out your own sexuality or your own true self, right? Um, For me, going back to what I mentioned earlier, um, I think that um, comparison is key in the sense of just pick someone in your life. For me, it was my sister and her husband. Pick someone in your life that's in a, you know, very heteronormative relationship. Um, And whenever those moments happen where you feel like embarrassed about who you are or your actions because of who you are, um, then compare that and say, would it, would you think it was embarrassing or shameful if 
that couple was doing it or that straight person did that or said that. Would that be embarrassing or inappropriate? Or is it just that I have all these internal things that have told me that who I am is wrong? And that has been like the hugest thing for me. Um, I can compare it to anyone, you know, like a straight friend or like whatever it is. Sometimes I have moments where I'll like make a joke at a party or something. And then my anxiety is like, oh my God, that was inappropriate. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, if, if my best friend Alex had said that, it's completely appropriate but me feeling like I'm putting my sexuality on blast like makes me all of a sudden realize like oh my god what if that's inappropriate what if someone here doesn't like it yeah so having comparison is huge for me and just being able to like kind of talk myself off that ledge of thinking that something I'm doing or being is wrong and then um yeah safe spaces are huge for me as well I think as I got older seeing more representation as much as it's still lacking was really important and knowing that like being LGBTQ plus didn't mean that I wasn't going to have a happy life. And also acknowledging that the people that do have a problem with who you are, that's on them, not you. So taking away that responsibility from yourself and putting it on other people for their own viewpoints, because, um, I think that we are all to a certain extent aware that we are responsible for our own happiness, um, and our own beliefs and actions. So I think, you have to remember that for other people too. Yeah. Like a lot of times, like with the elderly woman in the Michael's aisle, I was putting myself on her own happiness. And it's like, whether she, I have I no idea. Fuck if she's happy. <laughs> <laughs> but whether she agreed with it or not, yeah. that's on her. That's her beliefs. Like I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. It's so, bold like, also to think that she could see you like seven feet away. So. <laughs> <laughs> All of this, I'm like spiraling. Watch her should be like the, like a gay elderly lady, like picking up like glitter for her pride party the next day. (laughs) I will say um, uh, another thing that helped me, but I think this is case specific, Mm -hmm. is a big chunk of internal, and obviously when I say case specific, you know your life better than I do. You know your, your safety, all of that better than I do. So I'm not just saying... I'll get to it. Yeah. Um, um, a big thing of my internalized homophobia was assuming people's reactions. Yeah, that's a big one. And there are people in your yeah. life that if you think they are going to uh, react negatively mm-hmm. or you've heard them say genuinely violent or homophobic things in the past, maybe it's safe to assume yeah, their reaction. Totally. But there are people like my parents, my sister, I assumed the worst reaction when I had only had loving, positive Mm -hmm. responses from them just about my general life. They've been supportive of, you know, me and sports and arts and all this shit. So I took that and separated it. I'm like, they are supportive of me in these things, but they will absolutely (laughs) hate me for being gay. (laughs) Um... And I think a big one for me, and I think you've spoken of this yeah. as well, um, was my grandma. Yeah. I was I was so I took the assumption of her reaction mm-hmm. as negatively as possible. I was like, she is from a different time. This yeah. will be shocking. This will kick her into her grave. <laughs> like this will yeah. she'll never get over this. Uh-huh. Literally, I have also like. Uh, like lesbian cousin as well, so who we both came out at similar times. So, um, but I a little double whammy. Yeah, but I put that assumption on her, like that yeah. was my doing. Mm-hmm. And once again, like I said, 
I I am privileged in having yeah. good relationships with these people, and they have always been nothing but loving and supportive of me. Mm. But yeah, that was a big one for me. Yeah. Just like taking a step back and realizing that I need to give these people a chance. Yes. Because me creating this weird illusion that they're going to kick me out of their life, that's yeah. not doing anything. That's totally. also like... Uh, um, an injustice to them and yeah. what they've given me yeah. up to this point. <laughs> I get that. I, I totally relate on that. Because, like, I think it goes both ways for me. There was a lot of people that... <sighs> Sorry, just yawning, because it's the morning time. I'm exhausted. I should have given you a coffee, but I <laughs> didn't care or didn't have time. <laughs> um, there was, It went both ways for me. There was a lot of people that I thought were going to react terribly. Yeah. That reacted the best ever. Yep. And, like, exactly what I would have dreamed of. Like, my grandma. And then there was a lot of people that I thought were going to be, like, absolutely perfect. And were, like, the worst. Yeah. So, both people, like, acquaintances and, like, family members. So, it's... it, But it's true. It makes a point of, even though some people will disappoint you, until you have that conversation, like you said, unless they've proven to you that they are not a safe space or yep. have been outwardly homophobic... Um, until you have that conversation, you really don't know. And I think that works because when you realize that, even when you walk into spaces like a grocery store, yeah, you stop feeling or you feel less like you have a big target on your back that you're just a debate, a walking debate. Yeah. Because as a gay person, sometimes I feel like it's hard to not feel like that. I walk into spaces sometimes and I'm, and I'm very aware, which probably adds to my anxiety, mm-hmm. that... There are going to be a percentage of people in any space that disagree with who I am. Yeah. And obviously that percentage is going to go up and down depending on whether I'm at Michael's. <laughs> Framing. <laughs> or a gay bar, exactly. right? Yeah. But um, no matter what, like, um, I can't, I have to take that out of my mind and not assume that because I used to be really bad at trying to, like, kind of guess the room. Yeah. Like, I'd walk into a space and I'd be like, okay, what what kind of crowd are we dealing with? Like, how much do I have to hide myself? You know, I also think that um, the assuming reactions also is bad if you assume somebody, like you said, is yeah. going to react positively. <laughs> yeah. And you assume that this person is going to be a safe space for you. And then, it's and then they disappoint you. Yeah. It, like, Goes both, both ways. Both ways suck ass. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I do as well, because I'm gay. <laughs> and I hate myself for it. <laughs> I will say, though, that um, you're so right about... You almost think, as... And we talk about gaydar as well. Mm-hmm. You almost think that you can read a room so well. Yeah. You know? But as I grow older, sometimes I feel like my gaydar is getting better. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like it's getting worse. <laughs> because there are so many people that, like, surprise me. Totally. Or they're, you know, the, the spectrum is, like, mm. so wide yeah. and, like, beautiful and yeah. diverse that uh-huh. I feel like there are so many members of our community that are out there and yes. aren't as exhausting and <laughs> yeah. loud as I am. Oh, totally. um, and even just thinking about my friend group, yeah. uh, we always joke about, you know, we look gay, we look like this, this, this. Mm-hmm. But if I really had to line, especially like the lesbians in my life, yeah. if I had to line them up, I don't think like uh, 25% know? of them look stereotypically gay. So it's yeah. like, you honestly have no idea. You don't know. So, Yeah. 
stop assuming because people will surprise you. <laughs> some people might love you. Some, some people, people will hate, hate you, but you can still fight them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think at the end of the day, like, just work on loving yourself because you cannot change the world's perception of you. Yeah. Like, it's that's going to be an uphill battle to climb. So find your safe spaces. Always have a plan B. Um, you know, talk to someone that ideally you know is a safe space because you've seen them be it for somebody else or maybe they are a counselor or a therapist that works in LGBTQ plus stuff. Great one for youth is look up if and see if there's a queer group in your area. Totally. And if there's not, you can contact, I found this out recently, like for example, there's there's something called Q Community in mm-hmm. um, Vancouver. If you are from out of area, you can contact them and say, I don't have a space, safe space in my area. Can I join via Zoom? Because now they're doing everything via Zoom right. anyways. And they will allow you to join. Oh, my God. Amazing. So, which is really cool. Yeah. So if you're in a small town and you feel like you don't, or even just an area that's not a small town, but you just don't know where to look for a safe space, or, or maybe it feels safer totally out of totally out of yeah. your area, you can reach out to pretty much any youth organization Um and uh, say, hey, I, w- I would love to talk to somebody or be involved in a Zoom hangout or uh, just email back and forth with somebody. There'll be someone there that can help you and direct you to the right place. Yeah, exactly. It's a great resource to have regardless of where they're going to launch mm-hmm. you. <laughs> and the nice thing about something like that is, you know, speaking to, we've talked a lot about this podcast, how it's really impossible to know how someone's going to react. So it's great to find um, organizations or people that almost have a resume of reacting well and being a safe space. Yeah. If you're calling community, you, they're going to react well. well. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to be in safe hands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wherever you are, um, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow and subscribe wherever you are listening. And please leave us a review. Only if it's five stars. Five. Oh, my God, please. And make sure to follow us on social media so you can vote on the listener's name at I Can Explain Podcast on Instagram and personally at Brianne Williamson and personally on TikTok oh at Brianne Williamson underscore. And I think Sean has some social media. It's like at Sean Dallask or somebody. It doesn't really matter. Brianne's fans <laughs> gonna catch these hands. <laughs> and until next time we will see, see you around, around the, the neighborhood, neighborhood. meanies <laughs> 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 <Tricked ya. laughs>